You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Matt Jones, Meyer Metcalf filling in your Sunday NFL countdown to kickoff crew. We're ready. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Ready to go with you. 888-SAY-ESPN. Lot to go on, lot going on. The Little League World Series is in its seventh week uh, right now on the television sets. I would like to know what the brackets are for the Little League World Series, Myron. I feel like it must be quadruple elimination because it feels like they've been playing for a long time. I want to know who's verifying birth certificates. I just saw a kid from Iowa, man. Looked like he's about 6'3", long hair. Looked like a college freshman out there, man, hitting home runs. I don't know if everything's verified. In this little league, I'm a little series. skeptical. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when I look in the championship games, like Iowa versus Hawaii, <laughs> I just don't know if I buy that. I mean, I love this country, but I don't think the best players in the country are from Iowa. I certainly, and they can't be from a little town. Like it's always a little town too. It's never, it's never like Des Moines. It's always like Blankenshaw, Clear Lake, yeah, yeah, and like that. Where's that? Nobody's from there, so just, I don't know if I buy it. I don't know. This kid's a little bit bigger than all the other kids, and it seemed like they all knew it, too. Like, like everybody saw him rounding the bases and kind of gave him that look like, we, we know, you know, this is all going to be uncovered at some point. Yeah, we know you're going to play for Iowa State <laughs> next year. But nevertheless, if you like the Little League World Series, it'll be on for the next three and a half weeks, and you can catch it on ESPN and ESPN2. Now, what I like are the best basketball players in the world, and one of those is, of course, Kevin Durant. And the prediction I made months ago and ended up being correct, the Nets owner Joe Tsai and the team's leadership met Monday with Durant and his business partner, Rich Kleiman, and they have, quote, agreed to move forward with their partnership. Durant, of course, asked for a trade on June 30th, but now they will stay together, and Steve Nash and the uh, – the GM will both also be there, Sean Marks, and Durant's four-year, $198 million extension will kick in as well. So, I ultimately, Myron, thought that's what was going to happen because there wasn't another landing spot for him. There really wasn't a place you could send him where you could get return if you were the Nets, except maybe Golden State, and you don't want to do that again. So I thought this was the likely scenario, but it is going to make it, I would think, awkward this year in Brooklyn. Yeah, one thing we all know is that when one person says, I don't want to be with you anymore, and somehow they get back together, it usually works out, right? <laughs> and you also know that when a team puts out a statement that says, we're moving forward together, that everyone's on the same page. I think Fleetwood Mac put out a statement like that at some point. <laughs> I think they did. So this is going to be interesting to watch, to your point, the money was never going to make sense. And I think if you're Kevin Durant and you're watching Anthony Davis get to L.A., you're watching James Harden orchestrate, orchestrate these trades, you figure, I can do it too. The problem is no player had ever done this with four years, $198 million still left on their contract. There wasn't going to be a deal that made sense. And I also think there's an element where if you're Kevin Durant and you're out here kind of looking around and you think you're going to land in Phoenix or L.A. or one of these amazing places, and then you figure out that it might be Utah, all of a sudden maybe you back <laughs> off some of these trade demands and you got to start thinking, maybe I'm in the best place. So this, to me, was a lot of smoke. It became clear pretty early on that there wasn't a real deal that was going to make sense. But my goodness, what is Steve Nash doing, Matt? I don't know why he's putting himself in this situation to coach this team. 
Yeah, it's going to be something else. I mean, you get Durant, Kyrie. I mean, if you thought having Durant, Kyrie, and Harden was hard enough, you get rid of Harden, you get Ben Simmons, which is even more ridiculous. And you're going to have to deal with that for a second year. But, you know, it should be interesting. Quentin Richardson, he's the co-host of the Knuckleheads podcast. He was on Barton Hahn and talked about how in the world do these two mend their relationship. I think KD is a is a highly intelligent dude, and, and and you know looking at everything, him and him and Rich Kleiman, they they understood the position that Brooklyn was in. I think you know it was kind of agreeable. I mean, I think Brooklyn did a, a good job through the storm, you know, building the team out and continuing to sign guys, even though they were being looked at as like, why are they doing this? Like the team would come back, but I think in the back of their minds, they were hoping that this could happen. And now, you know, they I think they have a a solid team when you bring Kyrie and KD back to the mix. I think they have improved the squad from last year, and and I'm excited to see what they're going to do. I mean, I like Quentin Richardson. I always find him interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with Kevin Durant being smart. He he is smart. He does seem intelligent to me. But the reality is he's a little sensitive when it comes to all this. And he, you know, I feel like his feelings got exposed. And he basically said, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And now he has to come back and say to Steve Nash, okay, we're friends again. And I just don't know how that works. It may work in the short term, but they're all going to remember this. Yeah. yeah. You're a lawyer, Matt. I mean, how many times has this story happened in divorce court, right? Like like somebody yeah. tried to make it work, and then three months later, it never works. everything goes south. How many times in life have two people gotten divorced, gotten back together, and it's been a good decision? I can't – like that, that has to be – that has to be about as unlikely as great baseball players being the best in Iowa. It's just not – it just doesn't work out. And I think they're saying all the right things now – but this feels like a situation where Kevin Durant probably feels forced to be here. Kyrie Irving didn't get the extension he wants. He's forced to be here. Ben Simmons is like, how can I go to a situation that's worse for me than Philly was? And Steve Nash has to figure it all out. And Sean Marks has to put together the team and make it even deeper. So, I so think how this good is, is this team? Disaster. How good is the team going to be with, yeah. with whatever you get from Kyrie and Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Seth Curry? I mean, on paper, that's a good roster. But how good is it going to be in practice? They're not better than Milwaukee, healthy Milwaukee. They're not better than healthy Miami. They're not better than uh, healthy Philly, I don't think, if James Harden is truly in shape. And they're not better than healthy Boston, which went to the finals and pushed the Golden State Warriors. So, to me, all of this for the number five team in the East, everybody needs to slow down on these projections. They've had a couple years. I know the first year there were a lot of injuries, but this team has never figured it out. And I don't think they're going to an Eastern Conference. I think they're the fifth best team in the East, so I don't get all the buzz about Kevin Durant's return. It don't guarantee anything for Brooklyn and Steve Nash. I agree with that completely. Uh, I'm getting word from one of our producers that we actually have a caller from Iowa. This is John. He's apparently very upset of my oh. demeaning you do? Iowa baseball players. John, where in Iowa are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Riverside, which is yeah. that small little town you've never heard of. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. And I feel like, of course, it would be Riverside. It, if I were to turn on the Little League World Series, it would be something like Riverside, Iowa. There would be three kids with a mustache playing. And somehow I'm supposed Wait. to believe that they are that they are 12. Let them make, let them make a statement. Let them, All right, let them tell I'm us just about saying, Iowa go baseball. ahead, John. What, what, how do you, what's your retort? Well, I'm, I just, you know, a little offended that you're dissing on Iowa and the Iowa boys were good old – homegrown corn-fed kids down here. We grow them big, too, just like everywhere else. and We can play baseball just like anybody else can. Okay, give me the best baseball player in the history from Iowa. 
Okay, there's a lot of silence here. And it's not because you're – I hope it's not because you're Googling. I mean, if Iowa produces all these great baseball players, then you should be able to rattle off a huge list of players from Iowa. I'm not a big uh... – I'm personally not a big baseball fan. Well, then how in the world can you call in? I don't like you dissing on Iowa, man. Well, listen, I mean, sometimes the truth hurts. I mean, if I come on here and say, you know, (laughs) Iowa doesn't have the best oceans, it will be a fact. And if you call in and say, I don't like you dissing on (laughs) Iowa, it's a fact. They don't have the best oceans. How can you say that they have the great baseball players if you can't name any of them? He's just defending defending Iowa. I'm just asking, how can you do that with with a straight face, John. He's, He's gone. Jason's gone. gone. He's gone. Now listen. <laughs> you, you you hurt that man's feelings. Man. I didn't you mean really, to. But if you, you really were going to call me feelings. from Riverside, he should have had a list. He should have had a list of you guys. Need, who, listen, you got if you're going to if list. you're going to step up to the yes. plate. If you want to hit a home run like kids from California or place Florida that places baseball players, yes. you got to bring a big bat. If you're from Iowa, <laughs> Iowa and you bring a wiffle ball bat, you're going to strike out. All I needed to know was who that 24-year-old was who hit that home run. And That's all what I, I needed to know was name an Iowa baseball player, and clearly we cannot. 888-SAY-ESPN. I'm not trying to be mean. I promise you, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. But, you know. I was just had, make, having a little fun with the Iowa kid with a mustache and a college diploma, and people didn't like it. <laughs> we, he should have known the Iowa baseball players. I mean, that can't be hard to. The 49ers know they don't want Jimmy G anymore. There's a transition for you. The CEO of the 49ers weighed in today on what is going to be next. We'll let you know, and we'll probably have more angry calls from the top of telephone poles in Iowa. This is Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Well, somebody woke up the state of Iowa because they called in very upset here on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Meyer Metcalf filling in, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you didn't hear the first segment, shame on you. But – I said, well, first of all, Myron was questioning the age I was. of these Iowa baseball players. And I was saying, I don't really buy the Little League World Series because I don't believe the best baseball players in the country are from Iowa. I just don't. I'm sorry. There, there's no sport where the best people to do it in the country are in Iowa. So you're not going to convince me, even Little League. But we got to, and so I said, a guy called in, I said, name me a good Iowa baseball player. Yeah. Myron, name me one. And he couldn't name one. He you couldn't. know why? Because there are no good baseball players from Iowa. Yeah. Now, Michael is in Iowa, and he's going to tell me the greatest players in Iowa. And I, I can't wait to hear this list of guys that are going to blow my mind. Who is from Iowa? Mike Boddicker, Cal Eldred. Wait a minute. The Mike Boddicker? Yep, from Iowa. Oh, wow. Also, who is that? I'm, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch just a touch. Just okay. a touch. Oh, but Mike Boddicker uh, was not a stretch, Myron. That was Mike Boddicker. No, when you list the top, when you uh, list the top Mike fifty players Trout. of all time, you start with Mike Boddicker. Let, but let, go ahead. Let the man make his yeah. case. Trout. Trout played his uh, minor league baseball in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where I live. Well, that doesn't that. count. No, no, you don't get to claim Mike. Yeah, that does not count. Here. No, you, you don't can't claim him. No. Listen, I drove. Here. No, you can't claim. You can't claim Buxton. You Let me tell you something. Hang up, hang up on Michael. Hang up on Michael. Listen, no, no, no. listen. I drove through Iowa. I don't act like you I'm from there. Listen, you can't claim people who who <laughs> played there for you. Can't 
Halle Berry lived in Wisconsin for a stretch. She's not from Wisconsin. Like, you, you can't don't get be like, move. Wisconsin's got the best actresses. Halle Berry was in a movie. <laughs> here. That doesn't count. But here's the thing, Matt. They just made it worse for Iowa by doing that. Like, if you've got to say he played here, that makes it even worse. Like, that did, only helps your case. Did my man. man really lead with Mike Boddicker? <laughs> he did. He did, man. I mean, what? You looked it up, and the best one you f- found was named Cap. There was right? a dude, Cap Anson, who played. It's like black and white photo, played like the 1870s. <laughs> Looked like he had sat in, sat in front of one of those cameras that took four hours to develop the film, and you couldn't smile. One of those That's jokers. Right. He left That's the Civil he War and went and played baseball. <laughs> That's who you got. That's Mike Boddicker. I'm just going to read you because I, I have to admit I wasn't familiar with him. He was the uh, he was an All Star in 1984 for one year. Okay, and he was MVP of the AL Championship Series in '83. So yeah, the state of Iowa produces all the best baseball players. So when they win the Little League World Series, that's surely fair. Now the second part, real quick. Yeah, was I said that we were talking about Kevin Durant, and you yep. said that when people get divorced. Mm-hmm. If they get back together, doesn't work. Doesn't work. There's no Not chance it can work. How's no. it going to work? Yeah, well, work. Mark in Denver would like to challenge this. Mark, okay. you do think it can work after you've been divorced? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Can you hear me? I can hear you. you. Hey, take I your time, Mark. I disagree with you 100. percent Okay. One million percent. Okay. My wife and I were married the first time for 10 years. Can you make you your car stop five? beeping, Mark? <laughs> Let him make his kick. Yep. Then you got married again? Looky here. We were married for 10 years. Okay. We got divorced for five years. We got married again. We've been married 10 more years, and it's never been any better. Yeah, I don't believe that. First of all, I wouldn't yeah. put the – I'm not going to put money on you being married the next 10 years. <laughs> I mean, I hope you oh, are, Mark. I do. I hope you are because you seem like a lovely fella, and I think it's nice that you rekindled the love, but, it, you know, something caused that a long time ago, and it's going to rear its ugly head again. Well, and the, and the challenge with the KD and the comparison to KD situation is you had someone who said, I want out. I'm done. I, I don't think that's going to get back together. In most cases, other than I think Mark in Denver, it usually doesn't work out. Mark, did, who got rid of who in this? Do you mind me asking? Oh, he's gone. Well, that may have been a little too personal anyway. Listen. Myron, I feel like every time you and I work together, you, you're worried that something's going to happen. You're always like, Matt's going to make the, the whole state no. mad. Like, you're always concerned. I just get on the roller coaster and ride, man. That's wonder all. why. I just, I just get on the roller coaster, and I'm like, you know what? Might be a few twists and turns. That's right. I just ride the ride. 888-SAY-ESPN if you have strong <laughs> thoughts. Now, the 49ers have broken up with Jimmy G, but unlike other divorces, he's still there. Like, yeah. he's still sitting around, and you got to figure out something with him. Jed York, the 49ers CEO, said today on the TK show that Jimmy G might stay on the roster even longer. You can't have enough good quarterbacks and good football players. And, again, like, I'm not going to get into roster discussions and what John and Kyle want to do, but I will support them in, in sort of anything that they want – to make this team as good as it can possibly be. I watched it with Joe and Steve, and I realized that the salary cap is different today than having no salary cap. But, I mean, we've said it before, we're happy to keep Jimmy. You know, we're, we're happy to, to have him on the roster. If that's the case, then that's the case. 
if that's the case, he they have him four string and he's not even practicing. So if you're going to keep him on the roster, why would you do that, Myron? Well, and it goes against what Kyle Shanahan has said. It goes against what John Lynch has said. I mean, when they came out in that press conference and they said Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to play this year with us, we're moving on. Like, I don't know how you come back from that. More than anything, I think this is the guy who said, hey, everybody, uh, if you want to make an offer, uh, you know, our, our phone is, is available. You know, give us a call and see what you're willing to put up for Jimmy Garoppolo. Because what they don't want to have to do, I think, is just wave him and take the hit and then somebody picks him up for cheap. But I just don't see how Jimmy Garoppolo ends up sticking with the 49ers. There are too many other teams that might need a quarterback. And I think if you're Cleveland, you got to think long and hard about whether or not you're going to give Jacoby Brissett a chance to possibly mess up a playoff run over the course of 11 games. I just don't see that happening. If you get to week three or four and it's not going well as much as you've invested in that team, you're going to call the 49ers about Jimmy Garoppolo because he's clearly an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I just people are so disrespectful to Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like. He's like the Mike Boddicker of the NFL. Like, people don't <laughs> give him enough credit. And he has had success. I mean, he's been to an NL championship game. Or, excuse me, uh, now with baseball. The NFL, yeah. uh, NFC championship. He's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And and I, I feel, I continue to have my mind blown that people are just like, they dismiss all of that. They act like none of that ever happened. And so it's, well, I mean, we might leave him and make him be four string. I just don't know. I don't really get what is the point of not of not having that as an option because Trey Lance could get hurt and you're going to yeah. wish you were playing him, right? But they're not going to take that. They're not going to keep him at that price. So they're hoping that either somebody makes them an offer and they come and get Jimmy Garoppolo and that makes it easy Let's for them. Let's just say theoretically, though. Yeah. Let's say theoretically Trey Lance got hurt week one. You're going to be in trouble. Oh, I'm with you. It's smart to keep him. To me, I don't know why you wouldn't keep him and have him right there, even if Trey Lance struggles. What if Trey Lance just doesn't make the leap the way people think he's going to? Exactly. A lot of scenarios. Because you have a Super Bowl contending team. But not at that price. It's just too much money, I think, that that's how they see it. Well. I don't understand it. Then again, I also, also don't understand how Iowa people are so upset when I, all I did was say the facts. But Spain and Fitz is brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, feel the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks. We'll do a little more Durant and hope the people of Iowa forgive me. That's next here on Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf filling in. All of you all that are on hold right now to talk about these Iowa babies, all these Iowa people mad, just hang on. I'm going to get back to you. Maybe some of you have a good point. The first two callers were a stellar 0 for 2 in making a good point. <laughs> but maybe one of you all can. We will see. I think we lost, Matt. So right now I believe we are – by Alex Schiffer, Nets beat writer for The Athletic. Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm starving. I'm driving around the Jersey Shore in quest of a lobster roll. I earned it today. <laughs> how are you? You, you? you did earn it. So let me ask you, for, forget the news for a second. On a personal level, what, what was your reaction when you found out that the crew was going to stay together, Kevin Durant was back, and you get to do this all over again next year? Um... I mean, for one, it's exciting. You know, 
it, it beats the alternative of some trade where they get 60 cents on the dollar and all of a sudden the air is out of the balloon. But uh, <laughs> look, you know, my first immediate availability with the Nets was after that China controversy. I thought we were getting the bad stuff out of the way on the beat early, and the universe has had me holding its fear ever since. So I shouldn't have been surprised, right? Well, here we go again. I mean, as this was all developing, I feel like there were two sides, like two groups that kind of emerged here. The group that thought there's no way Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are coming back. And then the other side that said, you know what, there's no real trade that makes sense to move those two guys. Where, where did you stand as all of this talk was happening over the last couple of months? I stand on the back end. You know, I, I think Nets general manager Sean Marks deserves a lot of credit today. You know, he sought to reset the power dynamic after they got knocked out by the Celtics and Kevin and Kyrie had maybe more say than they should have over decisions. And he risked losing both of them, as you said. But now he has both of them back on his um, on common ground with him as of today. And now they have a team deep enough to potentially win the whole thing. Keyword is potentially, given the way the past few years have gone. But he kind of gambled, rolled the dice, and it worked out in his favor. So I never really believed fully that both would go because, as you said, they're just there's too much at stake for the Nets to trade these guys for 60 cents on the dollar, given they have no draft picks coming their way. They have no motivation to tank. I always looked at it from that perspective. So how in the world – I'm back. Do these, do these, how do they get along? Like, I mean, after somebody says something like that to me, if I'm Nash, I just don't know how they coach and how they all coexist. But you were around these guys. Do you think it's possible? You're saying if your co-host wanted you fired, you uh, you wouldn't have a problem. You, uh, you wouldn't have a problem going back on air. It'd be um, tough for me. Yes. Uh, you guys sound great together, though. Um, yeah, I think that's the question in all this. Right? Is is this over? And if so, to what extent? And I I think right now it's over. And I I, I think winning cures just about everything. And if they don't win. And this doesn't work now that they have the whole band together. To me, that's where it gets really interesting. Do you trade Kyrie at the deadline as an attractive rental to a contender? Do you do that with Seth Curry? Um, I, I think right now there's enough dust settled to where they can start the season off and make this work. What, hap- what unfolds, especially if they're not successful as a team, remains to be seen. All bets are off to me on that front. What do you think changed in all this? Because it, it just seemed like you had two of the most stubborn guys in the NBA said, get me out of here. You had a front office that came out with a statement and said, listen, we're going to do what's best for the team. What, what suddenly changed, do you think, in the last couple of days to get us to this point? I don't think it was a change, but more of a lack of change, right? There wasn't The market wasn't budging in favor of Kevin Durant. And I think as training camp neared, you know, there was more emphasis on having a decision and a resolution, and they were able to get everybody in the room and form a compromise. I, and I, I think the biggest thing is you, any team that traded for Kevin Durant, the GM's job was going to be on the line, right? Given how the nature of the jobs, I think the average tenure for a GM is like three years. You know, you're kind of staking your career on this. It's Kevin Durant, and, and you know, Memphis didn't even want to put Desmond Bain into a deal. Um, Bam Adebayo was off limits with Miami. I mean, I think a lot of people were afraid of ending up in a situation like the Nets were in just a few weeks ago prior to today, 
and the market was never there. So I, I don't know if there was a big come-to-Jesus moment as much as it just was that the clock was ticking, nothing was really changing, and something had to give. I'm going to get you out of here with this, but I feel like this is a personal question, Alex. They, they, if, if I were to list the five weirdest personalities in the NBA, your team that you're covering has three of them now. What is that like just in general, and are you looking forward to a year of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons all together? I mean, from a, as a reporter, from a news perspective, yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting. You know, you could – Bore, interesting and successful, I think, tends to do better than boring and losing. Um, you know, I've had I've had good interactions with both those guys. It's funny that I've taken a lot of crap. Um, there was that tweet when Kevin Durant, Durant requested the trade. The last question uh, asked to Kevin in a Nets uniform was about the Batman movie. Well, that was me as we were walking off stage because he and I talk a lot of movies and TV shows. So. You know, quirks aside, I've gotten along with those guys so far. I haven't really been able to deal with Ben much. But, I mean, look, this beats the alternative, right? So, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, and it should make for an interesting year. It certainly should. You won't run out of things to say. I, Alex Schiffer, he's the Nets beat writer for The Athletic, does a great job. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you guys for having me. There we go. So, mm. we'll see. Would you want to cover those three guys? Oh, yeah, as a media guy, I'd love it. I mean, I mean, it'd be nonstop, you know, people be on you, you know, TV and radio and writing. You'd have a lot to talk about. So you I'd rather have, have a lot, lot to talk, talk about, about than not enough to talk That's about. That's exactly right. Well, if you missed earlier, I, folks are very upset because I said there were no good baseball players in <laughs> Iowa, and it's yeah. now led to Iowans getting very upset. They're mad. They've all gone to their local caucus and oh, started yeah, – you know, getting all riled up. And so let's go and hear what some of these good folks have to say. Jeff, Jeff is oddly in Minnesota. Jeff, what are you doing? Well, I tell you, I, I, I have to defend uh, my friends to the south because. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, I got to stop you, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, I, I, you don't have to. I'm from Minnesota, Jeff. And it seems like anytime we talk about Iowa, Wisconsin, and South Dakota, and North Dakota get involved, that's just you, – you, you don't have to come to the rescue of Iowa. This is not a battle of the best state fairs. We are talking about <laughs> Little League Baseball. If you're from Wisconsin, if you're from Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, stay out of this, okay? Let Iowa have this moment. That, that's just my opinion on this. We, we don't have to jump in every single Iowa conversation, Jeff. Did you just say whoever had the best well, state fair? That's what we that argue about mean. up here. That's that what we argue really about up here. We I argue about say. that up here. Don't we, Jeff? It's the truth. I'm telling the truth. Well, that, that, that's true. But Bob Feller was a all-star, one of the greatest pitchers for uh, the Cleveland Indians and a war hero to boot. And he's from Van Meter, Iowa. Well, that's first fair. of all, I, Bob Feller is a great player. So I will give credit for Bob Feller. But I have to say, you're the third caller we've taken, and nobody had mentioned Bob Feller. So I feel like it sort of makes my point, is doesn't it, Jeff, that Iowa is not known for great baseball players, and thus that's why I don't buy them winning the Little League World Series, because there's not the best at any sport from Iowa. Well, if I would have had your phone number sooner, I would have maybe been the first in there, and then you know we would have you know started off on a high note. <laughs> Jeff, let Iowa handle this. Like Minnesota's got enough going on. Byron That's Buxton right. is hurt. Just let let Iowa deal with this. Thank you very much, own. Jeff. I appreciate it. Uh, let's try. Let's the try John. Of the cheese curds or something up here. That's what happens when you deal with the Midwest. Let's try John in Iowa. 
John, go ahead. Yeah, this is John. Hey, there's six Hall of Famers that were born and raised in Iowa. There's Faber, there's Bob Filler, there's Vance and Anson. One executive, J.J. Winterson, also, and you mentioned a while back Mike Boddicker. Mike Boddicker's not a Hall of Famer. From, but he's not a Hall no, of Famer. He's from Iowa. Nobody's from Iowa. How many of those players, sir, played during the Civil War? <laughs> well, you're right about that, but they are Hall of Famers. <laughs> They're all fair and, enough. I like you, John. You know what? I like you. Where in and Iowa I, are you from? I'll leave I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, you're okay. from the big which city. By Van Meter, which yeah. is by Van Meter, which is where Bob Feller is from. There you go. Okay. Well, listen, I've been to Des Moines Any- twice, and I really enjoyed Good it. Place. I went there for the caucuses one year. I don't know why you all do that, but nevertheless, it's it's a it's a unique, quirky thing, and I appreciate your call. He's gone, and he's gone. There he's you gone. go. I liked him. I'm, See, I'm fine with the Iowa calls. But again, Minnesota and the Dakotas. <laughs> You're very every, angry about that. Every time they hear Iowa, they think that's their cue to get involved somehow. It's like, no, just let Iowa deal with this on their own. It's, See, that's it's what, ridiculous. Let me today. tell you what Myron and I like to do. We like to acknowledge the rest of the country. Everything in this world is not in New York or L.A. There are good people like John in Iowa who want to tell you about Cap Anson and other <laughs> Civil War era baseball players, and that's why we are here. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. A triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. We're going to talk to you all if you want. I was in the house. 888-SAY-ESPN. And then we're going to whip around the NFL. All the biggest stories from training camp. That's next here on Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It is Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio. Been a fun first hour getting you ready for all the action across the day. Talking a little Durant, a little Jimmy G, a little Iowa. All the biggest topics in the in the world. But, of course, it's football. See, I mean, we are just a few days from college football beginning. we got last NFL preseason game coming. So, it is time for a segment we like to call Training Camp Whip Around. Yes, it's not the easiest thing to say, yeah. but we're still going to do it. And we're going to throw it to Devin, and he's going to tell us the four biggest stories going on right now in training camp. What's up first? All right. First up, we got Chicago Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. He said the starters are going to play in the pre- preseason finale versus Cleveland up to a half, which will include, obviously, Justin Fields. What growth do you guys want to see from Fields this season with that, with that offense he's playing around, Matt? Myron, I would like to see just any progress. I mean, last year to me was just a lost year for him. Now, at times he looked very good, but they had a weird scenario where if they wanted to win, they probably wanted to play Foles, but you wanted to develop Justin Fields. You ended up in this middle ground where they'd play one of them a little bit and then not play him, and it just didn't make any sense. I just want to see him get comfortable, play better. They don't have the talent to be successful and don't get hurt. I think if those things happen, it's a positive year. Yeah, you said they're going to play the starters for the first half. Is that Matt Nagy still coaching? Because uh, it feels like one of his decisions. Uh, well, first off, you hope Justin's field stays healthy. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. Obviously, uh, it's his gig now. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder. I kind of treat this like his rookie season because of all the inconsistency last year. You want to make sure that he is developing as a guy who can throw the deep ball. Uh, we know he's a mobile quarterback. We know he can be a playmaker. But can you be a real quarterback and show that versatility? I think he can. He's more than just a mobile guy, and I think we'll see some of that development this year. Mike Tomlin said that this week 
and the final preseason game would be significant determining the starting cornerback. Myron, who do you think should be the starter in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin knows who's going to be the starter. And I think the situation, if you're Mike Tomlin, because he loves his vets, I think he's going to give Mitch Trubisky a chance to lose the job. But I think that'll happen rather quickly in the season. It should be Kitty Pickens. I mean, at the end of the day, like you got a guy who is an older quarterback. You've seen him for many years. He's played in your facilities. We're watching him develop. Uh, he's showing maturity. And at the end of the day, the last guy you had who led you to a couple of Super Bowls, Big Ben, started as a young guy as well. So you know it's possible. Uh, I, I think it'll be Kenny. Uh, it just won't be Kenny in week one. But I think by week three, it will be. To me, if I take what they say at face value, and of course with coaches, that may not be what you should yeah. do. But if I took what they say at face value and it's close, if it's close, then you start Kenny Pickett. Because if it's close, then you start the guy with more upside for the future. If it's not close, then you start Mitch Trubisky. I think it's pretty simple. So the fact that they have not named a person, if I take them at face value that they're really trying to decide, then to me the decision's made. You play Kenny Pickett. It is not a question. Mitch Trubisky is not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. So try Kenny Pickett. I think this is going to be – he's got to have a developmental year anyway, so why not do it this way? But if he's lying to us – and it is a route for Trubisky, then I don't know why you wouldn't just say it's Trubisky, which is why, Marion, I'm taking him at face value. Makes sense. Who's next? Next up, Washington Commanders defensive end Chase Young will miss at least the first four games of the season after being placed on the PUP list. Matt, could Ron Rivera be on the hot seat this season? I mean, I feel like sometimes this is nothing against Ron Rivera. He seems like a great dude and is a great coach. I sometimes feel like this whole franchise just needs to hit the reset button. Like it's just everything continues to happen and nothing. I mean, when is the last time there's been a piece of good news from Washington? I mean, I – That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, they had that one miracle playoff win, but otherwise it's not – I mean, probably when RG3 debuted. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I – I hate it for Chase Young. I think he's an explosive player, exciting to watch. I hope he doesn't end up having a career where injuries plague him. I worry about that. But, you know, maybe after the first four games we see him and it's not a huge deal. I think when Carson Wentz is the quarterback, everybody could get fired. Um, at the end of the day, <laughs> you, just, you just don't know what could happen. And I think this is a team where you look at him and go, okay, how do you avoid Carson Wentz being in control of your destiny every week? Wow. Well, you're going to trust that defense. And I think this is a huge blow for that Washington team with Chase Young being out missing those first four games. Because then you got to say, Matt, how does he come back after that? Is he the same guy? He wasn't last year, wasn't the guy we saw as a rookie. So you just wonder if he's ever going to be 100%. Uh, and I think Ron Rivera is certainly in a vulnerable position because – Things can go south fast if you're missing key pieces on your defense and you're trusting Carson Wentz to get the job done from week to week. Anything can happen. What did Carson Wentz do to you? Like, that, like it seems very hostile there. You, no. you the, Was it the upper Midwest issue <laughs> no. for you or something? No, nothing against Carson Wentz. I just don't You've think he's a guy you Carson want to Wentz. be. You've never treated Carson Wentz the same, Myron, since I told you he got engaged at that castle. <laughs> That's what did it. That's what did it. Right, that guy didn't deserve know, a castle. If you don't listen to our Sunday NFL countdown show, and you should, Carson Wentz got engaged at – there is a castle in Kentucky, yeah. like a real castle. You can look it up. It's in Versailles, Kentucky. I know it's spelled Versailles for those of you with you know who like to act like you're from France. But in it. Kentucky, we call it Versailles. And there's a castle, and Carson Wentz got engaged there, and Myron has not liked him no. since then. 
No, I just think if it would happen today, he would be engaged at a cabin or something like that. I don't know if it would be a. I don't know if it would warrant a castle wow. after what we've watched over the last couple of years. That's all That's I'm saying. That's so awful. What's That's all next? I'm saying, man. Wow. All right, last up, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones did not have a good day today. He went seven for seventeen after his two minute drill ends in an interception. Guys, it's been talked about a bunch, but how much concern should be that should there be with the Patriots offense, Myron? Not a ton, because they're just not going to make him play a lot of high-risk football. I know everyone's talking about the evolution of Mac Jones, but I'm like, what is that going to look like? Like, they're not going to open up the playbook uh, and turn Mac Jones into someone he's not. The biggest concern for him should be who's the play caller, right? Anytime Matt Patricia is involved in play calling, I would be worried about that. So I don't trust the guys who are going to be helping him develop. But I don't think they're going to put him in a position where he plays outside of his skill set That was his strength last year. That's why he was the best and most productive uh, in terms of wins of the rookie quarterbacks. And I think you'll see a lot of the same things this year. But Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, they could mess everything up with them being the co-offensive coordinators for this Patriots team. Yeah, I'm not worried about this really at all because, first of all, I don't care that he went 7 out of 17 in one practice. I mean, it's it's one practice, and I don't know what was going on. I don't know what he was trying to do, so that that's irrelevant. As far as the play callers, I never trust Matt Patricius from the first time I saw him and his hat was on backwards and he was you sweaty, and I was you like, that does not look like a coach. He didn't look like a coach. A coach should not have his hat on backwards and be that sweaty. But nevertheless, I do, however, trust Bill Belichick, and I do trust the Patriots. And at the end of the day, when they picked Mac Jones, they were not expecting him to be a star. If you wanted somebody who was a star, you don't pick Mac Jones. He is never going to be one of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL. But I think he can be solid. And I think he can do exactly what he did at Alabama, which is be just good enough to take you where you need to go. Now, is that this year? I don't know. But I don't think whatever Matt Patricia and Joe Judge could do to an offense, Bill Belichick can cure Myron, and that's why I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, and I think he's going to have to be a doctor all season because the last thing you want is a game in the final minutes and you say, okay, Let's get the team of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia together to see if they can fix it. Like, no one's ever said that ever in the NFL, and they're not going to start saying it this year. Either. I've decided the Mount Rushmore of Myron Muck- Metcalf hate no. is Mike McCarthy, <laughs> oh, Carson Wentz, Matt Patricia, and Joe Judge. You get those four people together, and Myron's head literally will explode. I'd take Matt is- Patricia over Mike McCarthy any day of the week, yeah. At least, at least he knows what he's doing, kind of. Oh, man, you're awful. Now, with the news that Kevin Durant is returning to Brooklyn, where do the Nets fit into the Eastern Conference? Do they have a chance to go to the NBA Finals? That and whatever other random things come up on Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast.